Hello, everybody. Hello. And welcome to today's episode of Dear Bear Book Club. I'm Nikki. Yay. And I'm Kirsty. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> this, this like, doing an only one episode every month has been working out great so far because... I mean, it's it's good to like only have to read one book a month instead of two, but it's feels so like weird to get back into it now. Like, well, it's good. I'm excited, and I I'll, like have to make a list throughout the entire month of all the stuff I want to talk about. But oh yeah, I should probably have done that. <laughs> it's been weird, like going so long without doing an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when we like came on camera. I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen you in forever. Um, oh yeah. We've been talking, but we haven't done like a video yeah. anything for a while. So yeah, it does feel like it. Yeah, and like that's the thing. It, this is this is our catch-up session. Mm-hmm. So when we were doing it every two weeks, it was like we were catching up a bit more. But you know, life is life and things get hard. So here we are. Yeah. So how's it going, Kirsty? What's new? Um, not a whole lot. Um, living that pre-service teacher life and learning a lot every day. The kids are hilarious. Um, <laughs> I love being yeah. around them. They're so cute and funny. Um, though I was in like a younger grade the other day and just for like an hour and they were disgusting. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do younger <laughs> kids. Like, they were really gross. Like kindergartens? Um, grade one, and um, there was like just straight up snot hanging yeah. out with the kid's nose. I was my, gonna like, say, yeah, my like um, kind of like the other like pre-service teacher that's with me. Um, as we're both student teachers, she um was in the opposite grade one class for the hour, and she had a kid sneeze like straight up like a booger on his like piece of paper and she was like it was disgusting <laughs> so yeah it's been a little wild um but like we're in like a little bit older classes so like they're yeah. they know how to like do their own things and like yeah if they're gross you just are like tidy that up like you're gross yeah like go get a tissue like it's just a lot easier to handle because you don't have to like wipe them up um yeah did i ever so tell interesting. you did I ever tell you about the time I was coming home from work on the train? And you know how, like the tr- like if you're if there's stairs like in the train station, they have like mm-hmm. ha- they have like the railing. It was like the silver like chrome railing or whatever. Yeah, I was in. I don't know if you've ever been to the station, but I was in the Oak Ridge Forty First train station in Vancouver. Yeah, and walking up the stairs. There's this kid on the other side, like, so, like, I was going up the stairs, and there's, like, another side that you can go down, right? And Mm -hmm. this kid was just, like, walking along the railing, like, up and down the stairs, and just, like, licking the railing. And this was, like, this was, like, middle of COVID, like, everyone was wearing masks still, and I was just, Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, like, this is why we have COVID. Like, this is why. It's because children lick banisters. And children then, are germ factories. Yes. And, like most of the people in my program have been sick like several times. Like I have like a slight sniffle, mm. but 
Yeah. Nothing. Like, we've had people out with COVID. We've had people out. We have, like, there's this, like, constant, like, fluey thing going around right now. There's yeah. somebody in my class who, like, can hardly speak. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously that season. this is our, like, first time fully being in a school for, like, <laughs> extended periods of time, too. So even for, like, our first few years of teaching, we're going to get really ill frequently until our immune system catches up. Um, it's like a weird part of the profession Um, it's actually really funny because i've been seeing like memes and stuff like that about how um i don't have any kids obviously but Mm -hmm. uh like one of them is like the pie have you seen the pie chart one where it's like this is what my kid brings home from daycare and it's like dirty laundry something cute that they made and then the entire pie chart is like the plague (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's and, pretty much it. and there's another one that was like i thought my immune system was good until or yeah it was like something about like i thought my immune system was good until i had a tiny being living in my house that sneezed directly into my eyeball all the time and i was like god kids don't people don't do a good job of making having a child sound fun to be honest no. Most of the and like they don't realize for like such a long time that it's not like acceptable to like. Yeah, well, on somebody. Like, I mean, why would they? Well, how would the, they like, know? Social... Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, the kids like crack me up. And this past week in my class, um, my associate teacher, she has been um, getting me to read books aloud to the class. So like reading books like the good egg the bad seed well this last week she made me take home or like to read for this week um bj novak has a couple kids books Mm -hmm. and um so for those who don't know he was ryan in the office and he also like wrote a lot of the episodes and stuff i think too he was one of the Mm -hmm. writers on the show he was a writer yes so he it's called the book with no pictures Mm-hmm. so the idea behind the book is that you read all of these like wild things that are on the pages because you're the person who has to read the book aloud so it makes you say like weird things like blurf and like i am a monkey and i have a best um another one is i my best friend is a hippo named boo boo butt like <laughs> just ridiculous things but kids die so i actually read it to them twice um because they thought it was so funny but also one of the things that like when it's like i am a monkey or whatever it obviously wants you to put on a monkey voice like it's to be like ooh ah, ah, kind of thing yeah could i remember in the moment what a monkey was meant to sound like <laughs> not at all so i had this like i am a monkey like it was just <laughs> so bizarre like yeah but then there's like a whole page but the whole the book is like oh no i don't want to read this but like the whole it like tells you the intent at the beginning of the book is to like make a fool of the person who's reading it um love tea so it was really fun um yeah really digging the picture books lately (laughs) um obviously not helpful for this um yeah. but i am loving the picture books yeah there's so many cool ones now like i like not obviously there's some classics that we grew up with but like there's some like real empowering like picture books these days mm. yeah anyways nice. it's a genre and a 
talk for a different podcast. <laughs> well, you know, um, we, we appreciate yeah. all books. And you know what? You can now know that maybe one day you will. Well, it's probably already happened. You're, you're fostering a love of reading starting yeah. at a young age. So there you go. Perfect. Um, okay, well, I have What's a lot. What's up with you? I have a lot to talk about. a lot? hmm Yeah. Okay. So, remember last week, or well, I guess it wasn't last week, it was um, last episode. Last episode. I was talking about how I had just started reading I'm Glad My Mom is Dead by Jeanette yes. McCurdy. Okay, so I finished it. It was great. And also, also, we'll get into it, but I've apparently been on, like, a child abuse kick. Because oh, okay. I was reading this, that, I was reading that, my book today has to do with child abuse, and uh, we watched, um, have you seen The Sins of Our Mother yet on Netflix? Okay, I started watching it, and then just, like, dropped off. And... Yeah, we watched the first know, episode. Just like, a, yeah. a lot of stuff on. I've been, like, mainly just watching House of Dragons. And... Oh, yeah. That's a good one. My parents That's have the- also been like, have you heard of Taskmaster? Taskmaster. It's a show? It's a show. It's a UK show. So it like only airs really in the UK, but they have a bunch of YouTube episodes so you can watch them on YouTube. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, um, I don't know if you know who Greg Davis is or Greg Davies. Mm, yeah, I think so. He's really tall Maybe. guy. Oh. Yeah, so he's like one of the hosts along with this guy um, Alex Horn, and they set these tasks. And like Gre- uh, Greg Davies is the taskmaster, so he like decides like what people are rated. But there's um, usually five comedians who are on it for a season, so they do all of these tasks that are done like ahead of time, and it sees how well they complete them. So some of them are like ridiculous. Um, and some of them are, like, just assigned to one person. So there was one comedian who was assigned to, like, count how many beans were in a tin of beans. Um, <laughs> like, some of them are just ridiculous. Um, but it's really, really funny. And obviously it's done by comedians, too, so it is really funny. And then at the end of, like, that episode, they do, like, a live task. Because um, they have a live studio audience in, so they do a live task at the end. And then it, like, t- they keep scores, like, a tally of their score for throughout the season. And then somebody wins, like, a uh, like thing of Greg Davis's head. Um, <laughs> so it's really it is stupid. I think they're, like, they're on, like, season, like, 10 or 11 now. Like, they've done a lot of them. Um, so I've been watching a lot of them with my parents because they've, like, just found the show. So it's kind of funny to, like, be watching it with them. Um, but I definitely need, like, lighthearted things because, mm. I don't know, just also watching them. Like, Joe's is not here right now, so watching them on my own. Um, scary. Yeah, it's scary. My brother yeah. was watching Dahmer on his own Ugh. in the basement in the dark. Ugh. I was like, more fool you for watching that on your own. Like, absolutely yeah. it. We tried to I watch only start watching the first episode and couldn't get past it. No, um, yeah, we watched... Well, and it was like, whatever. But it just, like, yeah, we watched three episodes and we were like, are you, do you, are you interested in this? And Evan was like, no. And we're like, why are we watching this then? Turn it off. Yeah. So yeah, I got so into we... the first episode, but I was in the house on my own. It was daylight, but I was on my own. And yeah. it was where he was like dancing in the club. And I was like, 
this is weird like i'm not yeah, it was it's, it was a weird with this yeah like the show setup is like kind of weird so anyway and mm-hmm. also it, it, that whole story is just like highly upsetting so yeah no. yeah um yeah so i watched uh i watched sins of our mother loved it was really good and also like i'd heard like bits and pieces of that story and then uh yeah but like didn't know the full thing and like the whole story is just like insane so i Mm -hmm. i would recommend and it's only three episodes so it's pretty it's a pretty good watch um okay cool i'll look at it again because um i think i just kind of forgot i was watching it I only know it was yeah. last night when I was, like, trying to watch something when I was in bed. But I, like, definitely did not want to watch that in bed. Um, so I watched About Time. Have you seen that movie? I fucking love that movie. That's the I best. I love it, too. It's-, it's my favorite movie, I think. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. I, like, forget about it. And then whenever I remember about it, I'm like, that is my favorite movie. It it's my is favorite such, movie. like, just, like... Yeah, I, I honestly think it might be my favorite. Because it's such it's got such a good arc... There's, like, sad, happy. There's just something that's so warm and charming about it. It's just about life. That's the best part. Like, it's just about life. And I made With a little bit of magic in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I made Evan watch it the other day. And I was, like, after I... Because I'd only watched it once, I think, beforehand by myself. But Mm -hmm. then I made Evan watch it with me the other day. And I was, like, this is a such a good movie and even he thought it was a good movie like he wasn't as jazzed about it as me because he's a man you know and he can't i don't know i was talking (laughs) about it uh with my brother but we have like very similar tastes and stuff like we both love musicals and things like so he was like i can't remember what brought up oh i think it was see there's that like tiktok trend thing that's like um if I were a husband edition or whatever, like, and then they like, if I were a movie, and then oh, it was like, yeah. it has that song that's like, um, <laughs> I love that tune and I love what see what people did. So I like had done it with uh, Joseph. I'd like sent him a bunch of questions. So then, um, I was like Ross, what do you think like the answers are for like me and Joseph? What we like said about each other, but also like what we think like each other is because it was like well we've got nothing else to do Mm. um so and i think he said if i was a movie i'd be about time and i was like that's incredible like i never would have thought about that but like (laughs) i I was it was such a compliment i was like oh my god thank you like that is the best movie i'm sure he said that or maybe he said like that was his favorite movie I can't remember, but yeah. Um, I did think that that would be a cool thing for us to do for each other. Um, okay, sure. To like, yeah. I don't have a TikTok, but sure. Oh, no, I was going to do it as a reel. Like, oh, I do okay. have TikTok, yeah. though, but I've never like created anything on TikTok. Maybe uh, it might be easier on TikTok. Well, I'll figure it out, though. Okay, okay. We okay. can like answer <laughs> the questions and then I can work okay. on it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, great movie. Like the best movie ever. I cried at like I like I cried at the end. The last time, like when I watched it with Evan, I was like literally sad, like bawling my eyes out, and I was like, "This is a great movie." Sometimes when I watch things late at night, it's like I have no emotions because I'm so tired. So I watched it last night and didn't finish it until like really stupidly late. Um, like everybody was going to bed, and I was like, "I'm gonna watch about time," 
Um, That's the best time yeah. to watch a movie, though, like by yourself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's at least a nicer news um, it's like a nicer topic though than like child abuse but anyway so yeah. yeah horrible all the things that happened to her and like listening to her story it was like fucked so fucked yeah. and like it was funny to watch her progress because she talks about like when she was really young like up until she was like an adult like until now obviously and the way her writing shifted from like being a kid and not really understanding what was happening to her and Mm, like, and then like getting to be an adult, you can see like her anger at like what her mom did to her. And like, cause like once you become an adult, you kind of see other people like you're, you're pretty isolated when you're a kid and you think what's happening to you is what happens to everybody. Yeah. And so like once she gets older and realizes that like, this is not normal what's happening like, her mom, when she got her first apartment, when she was 18, 19, can't remember how old she was, she was like, yes, finally I'm going to have, like, my own space away from my mother. And, like, her mm-hmm. mom was like, oh, do you think it would be okay if I stayed the night? Just just the first night, to, like, to be with you? And she was like, "Yeah." it said in the book, she was like, I know that if I say yes to this, she's never going to leave and basically that's exactly what happened yeah because like her mom was so manipulated manipulative that she would be like you don't love me if you don't do what what i want you to do basically and yeah yeah. so she she stayed the first night and then never left she didn't leave the apartment Hmm. (sighs) yeah it's a very upsetting read but interesting and i found out the other day that she now has signed a contract to write a novel which is so awesome to see because like all of the success from like this book has led to her like what she actually wanted to do because she talks about how she didn't she didn't want to be an actress she didn't want to be a dancer or anything like that she she preferred writing but her mom never like wanted to be an actress and never got the opportunity so that's why she forced her to be an actress basically and Mm -hmm. um she always wanted to be a writer, so yeah, that's awesome. Good for you, Janet McCurdy, and I'm excited to read that book when it comes out because I'm sure it'll be amazing because this book was written really well, too. Yay! Um, so there's that. That's a good one. If you... I know everybody's been talking about it. It's been all over, like, Bookstagram, and I'm sure BookTok, but I don't have BookTok, so I don't know. But everyone's been talking about it, so I'm sure I don't yeah. need to say that... The it's gals been... on My Favorite Murder also was, like, talking about it. Um, oh, yeah. I just listened to that episode, too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Super good. Um, okay. Also, Bridgerton update. Okay. So, I think the last book that I talked about on here was Colin and Penelope, right? I think, I so. think so. So, the next book was Eloise, and... To be honest, I was kind of disappointed with Eloise's. You were too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Though, there, I have, like, your favorite scene in, like, all of them. And I love when, like, the shit kind of hits the fan kind of scenes. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not necessarily shit hits the fan. Because, like, with Colin and Penelope, my favorite scene is, like, when he discovers that she's, like, Lady Whistledown. And, like, that whole, like, when they're in the church and then the carriage scene. And then when he's at her, like mom like at her house like that whole like continuation is like my favorite 
for Eloise, it's when all the Bridgerton men storm into the house. And, yeah. like, Benedict has, I can't even remember his name, Sir Philip, like, pinned yeah. up against the wall. Like, all of that stuff. Absolute favorite. Yeah. Um, there's just something about, like, brothers coming and being like, the fuck? Um, yeah. But it's just kind of, like, I find it hilarious. Um yeah. yeah, and not fully understanding the situation, and everything like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I just but was wanting because she was like was my just fa- kind of, yeah, yeah, and like she was, like, she's my favorite character from the show, which that doesn't really mean anything in context of the books, but like, she, yeah, I just wanted more for her because she was like, not she's that she was like a very spunky like yeah out exactly there character, and then her story just not quite as spunky i suppose Um, yeah i mean i guess like it is in a way because she just like fucking up and goes and like decides for herself so i mean there's that but the next one is what i'm here to talk about which is when he was wicked which of course you discussed on our episode uh is it good or was i horny and i'm here to tell you that it is good and also horny and that's the best book so far of the whole series. I don't know. I haven't read. I haven't gotten to Hyacinth or Gregory's story yet. But like. And here's why it's good. I'm going to tell you why it's good. It's because every fucking other Bridgerton novel. Is like the woman is always a virgin. And she always mm-hmm. like doesn't know what's happening. And like the man has to take control. And be like oh like it's fine. It might hurt. Whatever. I'll blah, show blah, you blah, what blah. to do. Like- yeah exactly. And like. The fact that Francesca got to take control of, like, the situation in that cabin scene, I had to take a cold shower after that cabin scene. Yes. That was, like... So the cabin scene, when she is, like, just, like, giving him a show and is just full of the confidence, here for it. Like, like, you go, girl. Like, that is... Yeah. And, like, I understand... That, like, this, it's a time and a place, right? Like, most women would have been virgins, like, when they got married. But, yeah, like, she was. Yeah. Went the first but dinner, but it just so happens that she was a widow. So, like, it's just so much more interesting when, like, the woman actually gets to partake. Yeah. It's, just, and it's just so much, like, it makes it the see. Yeah. It just makes it better because, like, anyway. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. Plus, um, and I mean, like, it just makes it so that all the stories are exactly the same. Like, every single of the other Bridgertons are, like, basically the same story because of that. Because yeah. it's, like, they have to have some reason to get married so that they yeah. can have sex, basically. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. I, I understand why you picked that one for that episode because it is the best one. So yeah. Far. I haven't gone to high school. Yeah, it's actually, the most, just like horny one too. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's for sure. I don't know. There's just something too, but like female empowerment and like um, you being in control. Like, yeah, sure. Like, not so much like in control, but like it's your. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this thought because then another thought just came in. But also, I love Michael too. Like, yeah his whole like he has like loved her forever and it's just like yeah 
yeah well, the whole, um, and the whole rest of the story is the best too like the the yeah the like spicy his interactions great, with but... like colin love mm-hmm. um yeah. Uh, yeah just the whole that whole book is incredible and like the part where she's like not sure if she can get pregnant like at the end when she just shows up with a baby like <sighs> yeah no perfect chef's kiss i was like i want all yeah. the rest of the bridgertons to be like this yeah um that one does spoil it in some ways at the very end did you see the thing about like how many kids gregory ends up having mm, no i don't think so he ends up having nine I, I think, kids i think it talks a bit about um <laughs> i think it talks a bit about like cause, well i mean and she mentions that like all of her siblings have like a shitload of kids and she's just like yeah. i don't have any so, so the Bridgertons always had the most, where they had eight, but Gregory. Oh, okay. I didn't. Uh, ends up having it. nine. Anyway, maybe that's Love not it. explained until the end of his book. Actually, that there's nine, but like you can, if you look up online, you can see like different like family trees that have been drawn up, and mm. that's how I found out. I was looking at it because I needed like, I wanted like verification on something. I was like Bridgerton family tree, um, and yeah, it's like nine kids that he has wow which is a too lot many. that's too many kids yep um the flash air oh. tv show comes out on december 1st okay so i found out how we can get it too um um you can see how like you can add different channels onto amazon prime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um we can get paramount plus paramount plus through that um okay so yeah we're gonna be fine okay good i was worried yeah. But I can't wait. It looks so good. Ugh. I just can't wait. Yeah. And we're going to have to do the trailer like trailer a... looks so good. Um, and I saw a picture. It looks like, um, what is her name? Um, the girl who's playing Tiffy, who was in Downton Abbey. Um, she's pregnant. Um, in the show? No. In oh. real life. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So we're gonna well, have that would to be do, a plot like... twist. Um, we're gonna have to do like a mini episode or like a bonus episode or something when that comes out. Yeah, I thought we could just do that book as an episode. Um, we could. It yeah. doesn't matter about it not being like a read along or anything. We'll just do it as like a we're excited. This is what we're doing the episode on. Yeah. Um, hockey season started. That's Yippee. exciting. Well, yeah, and the immortal words of Michael Scott. I'm ready to be heard again. Yep. Um, and you know what? If it. any readers out there has like any like they know of any NHL players, particularly like any on the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, we would love to have any of the players on here. Just meet them. You know what? I don't even care if they come on the podcast. Like, if you could just like, if they could just send me a personalized message, that would be great. Oh my god, I would die. That would be really great. And if they know somebody, could you like make sure it's William Nylander? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, our favorite. Um, okay, but also I got this email a while ago. Not a while ago. I guess it was like a week or two ago. And mm-hmm. apparently there was like a class action lawsuit about the price of ebooks between like a certain time, like 2012 and like 2017 or something like that. Really. So I don't know if you've ever bought a lot of if you buy a lot of ebooks. I feel like you're not usually like an ebook person. 
But um, no, I did at one point buy a lot of ebooks. But um, well, if it was between 2012 right and 2017 or something like that, you might may be entitled to like a refund. Huh. So here you go. That. Yeah, I got. I just got an email, and they were like, and I don't know when it's going to be, but they're like, basically, uh, you don't have to do anything. You have to do something if you don't want the money back. But I feel like who wouldn't want the money back? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. If you bought bo- yeah, ebooks between 2012 and 2017, you should With, have gotten like, an email. With a particular provider or like I don't know. Like I think the why I got I think it was Apple. Okay. But it made it sound like it was any ebook. Cuz I think I got the email because I like have a lot of Apple <laughs> ebooks. But yeah. It made it I have to go over the the email again, but it made it it did sound like it was like any ebook. Okay, I so had a, I don't know Kobo at one point, so I had like ebooks through that. Yeah, me too, and I wonder if that was it too because I use the same email for Apple and Kobo, so I'm not actually 100 yeah. percent sure because it, it really didn't give that hmm. much information other than like this is what the class action lawsuit was. You don't have to do anything if you feel like you want to. Because re- I think what'll ha- oh yeah, I think this is why I think it was Apple because it said it would just be refunded to like your Apple account. Maybe it was oh, okay. specifically Apple then. Anyway, huh. so there I you go. I only have want. one ebook that's through Apple, um, mm. and I think it was fairly recent. So, oh damn, yeah. Well, PSA. There you go. You can get a yeah for everyone else. Um. Yeah. Cool. That's all I had. Yeah. Yay! And we're already freaking half an hour in, so we should probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably get going here. So. Um, no particular theme this time around because, um, well, it's our podcast and we can do whatever we want and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> life is difficult and, uh, yeah, we're doing whatever we want. So I have been reading a lot of, or like listening to a lot of audiobooks, um, cause my commute to the school that I'm attending is like an hour away. So some days I have to drive an hour there, an hour back. Some Oof. days I just drive an hour there, I stay overnight and then drive back an hour the next day. So it just depends on the week and what I'm doing. But it does leave me with a lot of time for audiobooks, which has been like so good. And I think it's honestly been helping with like my mental health of like driving there. I've been like having like, yeah, it's just been because sometimes like when I'm on long drives, I like having music when there's other people in the car because then you can sing along, you can chat and stuff. But when you're on your own, that's where I tend to like, I don't know think I about that a little bit stuff. and then I just yeah yeah so then having something to focus on like listening to an audiobook is really good so actually our next read-along book is um Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reid so I listened to the whole of that in the car yeah so I have been burning through audiobooks so <laughs> my book that I'm going to do this time is a relatively new book um, and it's the second book um, in a series. And I've read both of them, but yeah, they're both great. So the one I'm doing today is The American Roommate Experiment. And this this is by oh, Elena okay. Armas. Yeah, I think and I've it's, heard of it. It's relatively new. I think it only came out like a couple months ago, if that. And mm-hmm. the first one that she wrote was The Spanish Love Deception which was really good. I thought it was really nice and lighthearted. It was a very cute story. 
This one's spice. Like, <laughs> all the flames, all the chilies. Um, maybe even a chili on fire. Um, yeah, Whoa. it's really good. And, yeah, so... Yeah, I've been kind of reading a lot of more of the like just very easy to listen to books because I I'm doing the like the big commute and sometimes like when you're driving, I just need something light and fluffy to listen to. Mm-hmm. And with my husband not being home right now, I don't really want to be like stressed listening out. to something that's really dark and like stressful. But also this has had the opposite effect too. So because this book is so spicy, it's also like Mm. why is he not home (laughs) Mm. i want spice in my life Mm -hmm. right now um so that's been a little difficult so yeah anyway i should read the back of the book before i actually start talking about it yeah um so this is like the second book within the spanish love deception series and let's see so is it like the same characters or is it like characters like side characters from the first book because like I've side characters from the first book so there's what were they um in the first book the like two main people are catalina and i say aaron but like aaron um (laughs) yeah so and they like work together. Catalina is from Spain originally, and she has to go back for her sister's wedding. And Aaron like goes over as her date. So her best friend, because they like work in the same office, and her best friend also works in the office, and her name's Rosie. And Rosie is the love interest in the second one with mm-hmm. Catalina's cousin. Mm-hmm. so it's very interesting if you listen because then i started i re-listened to the spanish love deception afterwards and at one point rosie makes a comment about like oh well you're like really nice cousin be at this wedding like um because hmm. she's cool. like seen pictures on like instagram of him so she's like it's kind of funny that like i'm like oh that's that's coming um yeah so I'll read the like little blurb bit at the top too. From the author of the Goodreads Choice Award winner, The Spanish Love Deception, the eagerly anticipated follow-up featuring Rosie Graham and Lucas Martin, who are forced to share a New York apartment. Rosie Graham has a problem. A few, actually. She just quit her well-paid job to focus on her secret career as a romance writer. She hasn't told her family and now has terrible writer's block. Then, the ceiling of her New York apartment literally crumbles on her. Luckily, she has her best friend Lena's spare key while she's out of town. But Rosie doesn't know that Lena has already lent her apartment to her cousin Lucas, who Rosie has been stalking, for the lack of a better word, on Instagram for the last few months. Lucas seems intent on coming to her rescue like a Spanish knight in shining armor. Only this one strolls around the place in a towel has a distracting grin and an irresistible accent. Oh, and he cooks. Lucas, yeah, I know. <laughs> Lucas <laughs> offers to let Rosie stay with him, at least until she can find some affordable temporary housing. And then he proposes an outrageous experiment to bring back her, literal, her literary muse and meet her deadline. 
he'll take her on a series of experimental dates meant to jumpstart her romantic inspiration. Rosie has nothing to lose. Her silly online crush is totally under control, but Lucas's time in New York has an expiration date, and six weeks might not be enough for either her or her deadline. Whoa. <laughs> that sounds it's, good. It's so good. Um, like, I kind of don't want to spoil it for you, but I'm going to. <laughs> that's me. Okay. Um, but also, it's a romance book, so like... Yeah, I mean, the, the, I can see where it's going. And anyway, yeah. yeah. So Lucas is this like hout Spanish surf, like professional surfer. And in New York? Well, no. Okay. So <laughs> the book starts off where Rosie is. In her apartment and the roof like in her apartment caves in from like a burst pipe above her so mm-hmm. she can like literally see the gentleman in the apartment above in his robe with like nothing underneath so she's just getting like oh. full full bald yeah. spectacle um <laughs> great yeah so she's like at this point lena and Aaron are on their honeymoon are about to go on their honeymoon so she has their a spare a spare key for their apartment so she's like okay I have to use this so she goes over to the apartment and then is like settled herself in when there's a knock at the door and it's somebody trying to get in and she's like oh my god I just had this roof cave in and now I'm being burgled what yeah. are the chances Um, But it's actually Lena's cousin Lucas on the other side of the door. So he had taken like a couple months vacation from like his pro surfing career to do like a tour in the US. Just like a vacation. So like New York was the last place on his stop before and he was going to be spending six weeks there until he um, went back to Spain. So because Lena still has her apartment, but she like predominantly spends most of her time at like Aaron's place, she was like, yeah, sure, you can use my apartment. Um, I'll leave the key with like the restaurant across the street who she's like goes to all the time. So he- they were keeping the key to like give to Lucas so he could just let himself in. So anyway, um, Rosie like calls the police and is like on the phone with like 911 um and then she's like oh no i know who he is so like lets her in meanwhile he it kind of seems like he's kind of injured but he's not like admitting to anything either so long into the short we eventually find out that he had some sort of surfing accident and he had to like i can't remember if he had to have surgery but he had he was in hospital for a bit of while and he has to have like like rehabilitation i think he did have surgery mm-hmm. um but like he like can't really go back to surfing plus he has like because the accident happened while he was surfing um like i think he's he like doesn't really want to do that anymore but he doesn't know what to do with his life mm-hmm. but sure. meanwhile he like cooks a lot for rosie and the neighbor across the street in the hall it turns out like she has like dementia and they kind of befriend her a little bit but um or Alzheimer's, and they, Lucas is, like, super nice and helping out 
with the like old lady and gets to know her daughter and so like his kind of curve is then he ends up like she's like you're a really good chef like I wouldn't say this to anybody but she owns a restaurant like her and her wife own a restaurant so she's like you should like go to culinary school like you got a real talent here so that's kind of like where his arc like ends up Mm -hmm. um Rosie's thing is she like has writer's block and yeah there's like a whole other like like kind of side plot with her brother and like stuff that's going on with him but she has writer's block so Lucas starts taking her they come to this agreement to like go out on dates and the dates that he like prepares for them are the sweetest things like the one of the first ones he they decide upon is like uh and this is all after they like come to an agreement that like they have to stay in the apartment together because mm-hmm. her apartment has a hole in the ceiling and it's going to take weeks to like renovate Thanks. and it is too expensive for him to stay anywhere else so they're just like it, it'll be fine he'll be out doing touristy stuff most of the day anyway she can stay home and write so one of the first things he takes her is he takes him to a record store to pick out like the soundtrack of their like friendship kind of thing the soundtrack of them which is like really sweet um remember like when you were young and in love and you would used to go on dates yeah now Now i'm like and it's like that costs money you want to sit on the couch and watch um serial killer documentaries over and over again yeah and order but that's like McDonald's. a different kind of fun so <laughs> i mean i'm having a great time yeah so. i'm having a great time too i'm not gonna complain there is something that's like nice though about the not the like chase but like the thrill of like getting to know somebody and like those kind of yeah. like nervousy kind of bubbles and stuff um yeah. all of that yeah i miss that kind of like early love stuff but like the awkwardness Sometimes. around each other don't miss yeah. that at all no like the fact that me and joseph could hardly say two words to each other because we were so <laughs> socially awkward don't miss that at all uh, um yeah. yeah anyway um so they end up she i think they pick dancing queen so like they go back to the apartment they put the record on and they like dance to dancing queen where she finds out that he's like an amazing dancer um yeah but oh also so like about the book sorry before so the book is the spanish love deception is all from lena's perspective whereas this book is half from rosie half from lucas Mm -hmm. so if i'm gonna give you any hot tip or any time that you should read an audiobook it should be this one because oh sweet jesus it's like (laughs) a deep gravelly spanish voice (laughs) as lucas it's not like it is actually a guy who's reading all of his parts like so half of it is rosie half of it is lucas so and it doesn't always flip chapter to chapter back and forth sometimes it's like two in a row and whatnot but it does have both perspectives and they both are like mad about each other but they just like won't admit it and they don't think that they're worth like 
Rosie's like, he would never be interested in me. And Lucas is like, she is clearly too good for me. Like, um, I am a rogue. Like, I don't have my life together. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. It's so good. Okay, I'm putting it on hold right now. The gravelly voice. I was like, I've never thought, like, obviously, like, Spanish men, same with, like, Italian men, like, have this kind of, like, Mm -hmm. kind of sexiness about them. I, I like, but that's just kind of like, a, oh, like a calming kind of thing. This was next level. And yeah, so a little bit on me reading this book. Um, so one of my times driving to school, I had to put a podcast on because I honestly was like, I'm going to drive off the road here. This is so spicy. And like, I can't concentrate. And that's not a good environment to drive in. No. So like I legit had to like turn it off and turn something else on because I was like <laughs> it was not it was too much. Too much spice. Wow. Um for wow. driving. Um and maybe it wow. was just because my husband's been away for a while. Maybe that's just the reason, but like yeah. I yeah. That's how you know it's good if you have to turn it off in public. Yeah, I was like, can other, like, no other cars can hear me, right? Like, oh my this. god, that's my worst nightmare. It's like, I realize that that I, I don't think it can really happen because I feel like all of the apps these days, like Spotify and like any of the audiobook apps, like, if you, well, I use, I use AirPods, and like, as soon as you pull an AirPod out, it pauses. Mm-hmm. and like say i feel like same thing like if you're using wired headphones like if you pull the headphones out it'll pause yeah but that's like now that i have there. um samsung things with like a samsung phone it does do that but you can turn it off so sometimes like i pull them out and i've like turned it off um mm-hmm. just because i do wear them when i like i'm falling asleep i oh, yeah was getting annoyed because they were so sensitive that I would lean over and then all of a sudden I'd like, pause and I'd yeah. be like, God's sake. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it would start turning up the volume <laughs> um, if oh, I like yeah. put my hand near it and stuff. So then I turned off um, the like touch thing um, right. on them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, yeah. So there's like a couple like real spicy scenes in this. There's one where they're like, in the they go to this like um halloween party and was it halloween yeah it was halloween party um because aaron has like a high profile because he is an ex-football player so he gets invited to like a shit ton of like charity events and stuff Mm -hmm. and there was some sort of like he got an invitation to come to this like very fancy halloween parties so they could take because they come back from their honeymoon which is also a funny scene because they come back and lena is immediately suspicious of her cousin and is like what the fuck is happening here because they've been flirting back and forth like a lot and it's like yeah um and obviously he's been taking her on these like really romantic dates too so they go to this halloween thing and somebody spills like a drink right down her dress so they go to the bathroom and he's just like there like I don't know just to like help her out but like 
oh it, it's so funny um because then they end up in a cubicle he she needs help so then he's just like straight up not looking at her and she's like well great he has no interest in me whatsoever he's not even like like kind of looking mm-hmm. at me and he's mm-hmm. like trying to hold his shit together um so that's why he's not looking at her because he's just like oh my god she's like right beside me i i i'm panic 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 um <laughs> yeah uh but then like lena walks into the bathroom and is looking for her so then they have to be like super quiet but then there's like this really like kind of like steamy moment when they're in the cube it's just really good but i don't think that they i was just looking up a second ago they don't like apparently kiss for like a really long time um i don't really remember that it is like quite a slow burn but like in like mm. in the sense that you get them like knowing each other and like a friendship forming and stuff and you can really see that there's like like a love growing behind them so it's a mm-hmm. slow burn in the sense of like you don't there is like spicy moments but it takes a long time um you know how i feel about that um but it is like they have like a lot of flirty banter and then i guess the spice anyway i if you're looking for something that's just like light and fluffy but has like spice one hundred percent. This book is like what you need right now. It would be a great summer read, but it's also like set kind of like more in the fall. So, um, Ooh, cozy. Yeah. When did this come out? Oh, September sixth. So it hasn't been out very long. It's um, my anniversary. It is. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's also it's set in New York. Um, which is mm. like. it's nice like yeah um and like characters from the first book so like obviously like lucas's sister is also lena's another one of her cousins um who's like the kind of medley one so i honestly think like maybe the third book might be her book um i'm just gonna say (laughs) because there's a lot of like martine cousins um yeah and also like just some of the like bits of like them him talking spanish and stuff i'm like I never thought I'd have a thing for like, like accent really, but like, damn, um, <laughs> yeah, um, it is like quite a quick read. So I think if you're like reading this as like physically reading the book, you'd manage to get through it quite quickly. Let me just double check how many like hours it is to like listen to. Because oh, um, I, just... I feel like I listened to it. F- for a while um i just looked it up i just put it on hold at the library it's 15 hours yeah which is like not that's that not bad. bad of a like yeah yeah um, that's pretty short as far as audiobooks go yeah um and i have to say i really did love that the like there was like the dual perspective like i kind of like that in books because it's sometimes hard to like think like maybe a dude's being like a jerk and you don't really get that like why he's being that and then he explains and it's like oh okay but like what but like getting his perspective it was way better to like fully form why he was thinking that he had a lot of like self-doubt about himself um Mm. 
Yeah, and the way, like, they... Oh, there's, like, an absolutely heartbreaking moment where she... He, like, has to go back to Spain because he spent, like, the amount of his time for his visa in the Mm -hmm. States. So he goes back to Spain. And she, like, runs to the airport because he, like, couldn't say goodbye to her. So they fell asleep. And then he snuck out and went to the airport. And she goes to the airport and basically is, like, ask me to come to Spain and I'll come with you. And he just, like doesn't because he's like i have nothing to offer you oh why and in that moment she just like walks away and he like can't move he's just like stuck like it was heartbreaking um obviously they reconcile and it's all fine and dandy but like i yeah it was Mm. yeah yeah um Okay, because I, like, looked this up on, like, to see what somebody else was, like, writing as a review just to, like, kind of prompt me because I've read, like, two other books between or listened to two other books between this one. I just really wanted to share it because I thought it was, like, such a good book. Um, But (laughs) this person didn't like it, I think, as much as I did. And, like, uh, yeah. I did think it was better than The Spanish Love Deception, but mainly because I really do, like the two perspectives um Mm. but i can see that like there are parts in the other one that's like maybe a bit spicier um but overall for me this like how you want your spice i suppose yeah um yeah but overall I think this is a great book. Um, it's nothing like super heavy. It's your typical romance novel. And you know, we all need a bit of that love in our lives. And this one for me just like hits the mark. I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait to read more books that she comes out with. Because I think this is only her second book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it would be like five stars for me. Because I it was just like a really good solid book like wow yeah there's obviously like little tiny flaws to it and stuff but like overall i loved the book i loved the um people who were voicing it i yeah are you gonna listen to the audiobook of this yeah i I got the audiobook okay yeah (laughs) let me know if you enjoyed it because i really did um okay well it's 16 weeks wait it says but um the last few books that I've got, like, I actually put, like, the Hyacinth book and Gregory's book on hold at the same time, and one of them said it was, like, it's gonna be four weeks wait, and one of them said it was gonna be, like, 12, so I was, like, that'll be perfect, like, I'll be able to finish, like, the one before the next one shows up. They both showed up this morning. Just, like, come on, man. (laughs) I had had this perfectly timed out, but anyway, whatever, it's fine. You can defer holds for, like, however long you want, so yeah it's all good um yay good job yay well i don't know are you done <laughs> yeah i'm done okay um, <laughs> yeah Yay. good job good job it wasn't like a very long third like it was just it was a really good book there was some spicy moments like i don't want to spoil too much because honestly like it was pretty good um yeah. and obviously her writer's block like gets unblocked too so like yeah good 
He did a good um, job. <laughs> emergency alert. We forgot yes. to talk about the most important thing that's ever happened to our po- our podcast ever. Which oh is my god. That Bonnie Garvis. We're now like, best friends com- with Bonnie, Bonnie Garvis. Yeah, we're best friends with Bonnie <laughs> Garvis now. So, you know. And, um, yeah. It's like she liked our post about her book. She commented on it. Thanks for reading. And mm-hmm. um, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I know. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. And what was the, was it Simon and Schuster that her book was through? Um, uh, Double Day. Double was Day. Double Day then also like commented on her post. <sighs> I was like, what? It was the best. Like, yeah. I loved it so much. It was like, and oh, yeah. And then she like liked our story where we like, like post shot yeah yeah of the comment and we're like oh my god bonnie garmus commented on our post we're dead and then she yeah. liked that so we're best friends with her yeah Ugh, um, amazing excited for if she writes any more books and then we can um deepen our friendship with her yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because i would like to be her best friend <laughs> maybe we could even like be like, yo, Bonnie, we're best friends now. Can you give us like an advanced copy of your book? <laughs> Could she come on the podcast? I would. Oh my die. god, if she would come on the pod, oh, I I would literally die. Then I just would be. Yeah. I would just cease to live. <sighs> anyway, Deceased. I can't believe. I can't believe yeah. we forgot to talk about that at the beginning. Oh, I know. Anyway. That was like we- the highlight of my week for like three weeks. Ugh, um, it was the best. So great. Um, okay, so I'm going in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> this is uh, well, so funny. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be Halloween. Uh, yeah, it sure is. Like in a few days from when this podcast releases. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, you know what? I should do something spooky, but I can't really do that much spook. Like, yeah. I. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, and you know, I always thought that like maybe reading a book that's scary would be different than like watching a movie because for me, watching a movie, the thing that gets stuck in my brain is like the image, right? Like when you're yeah. watching Insidious and the guy with like the scary black and red face pops up behind the dad. Don't know, in... didn't watch it. <laughs> well, if you have seen Insidious on Netflix, that they have that picture. Yeah. As like their main picture for the, the movie. logo thing, yeah, and it's like it's still sc- even though I've seen it like a hundred times because it's on Netflix, it's still scary. Yeah. So I thought that like you know I don't know I still haven't had the courage to read anything that's like super horror anything. So so the scariest I could do was true crime, <laughs> which is fair. If you think about it, that's even scarier because it really happened. All of this stuff in this book really happened. So the book that I chose for this week's episode is called Small Sacrifices by Anne Rule. The Um, queen of... um, True crime. True crime. Yeah. And it was published in 1988. By first wow. signet printing. 
Yeah, so if you listen to My Favorite Murder, you'll, you'll know of Anne Rule, but I think she was pretty famous before My Favorite Murder. I think I only know about it because she was writing books in, like, the 80s and 90s. That's mm-hmm. when I was too young to care about true crime. So, but if you listen to My Favorite Murder, they've talked about her quite a few times. She is probably most famous for her book called The Stranger Beside Me, where she covers the entire Ted Bundy story. Because when she was working, when she was younger, she was working for a suicide hotline, like a suicide prevention hotline um, in Seattle. And he also worked there for a time. And they became friends. And they, like, kept in contact, like, over the years. And then when she, when he was, like, arrested and it came out that he had murdered a bunch of people, she was, like, shocked. Yeah. Because she always, like, described him as being, like, a kind-hearted person who, like, always was looking out for her. Like, he would walk her to her car and stuff like that. So that's how she kind of became famous was this but all of her books are like well i've only read this one and the stranger beside me but um she unfortunately passed away in 2015 due to congestive heart failure so sad but she was 82 so that's that's pretty good that's yeah pretty good life um okay so let me read the back for you Somebody just shot my kids. Diane Diane Downs brought her car to a halt in front of a Springfield, Oregon hospital, her three gravely wounded children beside her. Thus begins the shocking tale of a truly unthinkable crime that shattered the tranquility of a tight-knit community. As police searched for the shaggy-haired stranger, quote, Diane accused of shooting eight-year-old Christy, seven-year-old Cheryl, and three-year-old Danny in cold blood, a suspicion grew that was even more horrifying than the crime itself. Did Diane shoot her own children? A dedicated district attorney, haunted by this question, searched for the destructive forces that seemed to possess this beautiful young mother and uncovered a chronology of incest, psychological wounding, desperate affairs, and surrogate motherhood. Anne Rule's gripping, powerful, and ultimately terrifying true story of passion and murder will hold you in thrall as it plumbs the unimagined depths of darkness concealed within a human being. Okay, I didn't remember what this was about until you started reading and I was like, oh my god, I remember exactly what this case is. Okay, so this is the one that you left at my house because you brought me all of the, um, um, the books, the true crime books that I had given you. So I imagine you just put it in there because you thought it was mine. Yeah. But you bought, you bought a copy too. So you have a copy of it coming your way once I ship your your package (laughs) too. Um... Yeah, so this, so when I read The Stranger Beside Me, I read The Stranger Beside Me a long time ago when I first started getting into true crime and like when I first started listening to My Favorite Murder because they recommended that book. And I think interestingly enough, Georgia just posted that she did now for like the newer printings of The Stranger Beside Me, she has written like a foreword yeah for it. so that's pretty cool um the stranger beside me was it's like literally like this thick like it's probably like five or six hundred pages long because also so like i don't think the original was that long 
but like as the case like unfolded and he had all of those appeals um like she would add on to the book so like the book ended up mm-hmm. ended up being quite long which i found it to be quite dry in spots like obviously it's very interesting but she also it's it's about the case but it's also like about her relationship to the case mm-hmm. so there there's a lot to pack in because she is obviously talking about her like feelings and emotions and like thoughts going through and then ultimately investigating the case herself yeah but then it's also like the facts of the case and the 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 court proceedings and stuff like that and his escape and like all that yeah. like there's a lot to pack into that book so it it does get a bit dry in spots so it's been a long time since i've read anything Anne rule but when we were in that used bookstore in uh where was it port alberni we that's where i got a couple more of her books so i have this one I can't remember which other ones I have, but I think I bought this is I think when we were at that place with goats on the roof. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't think that was that wasn't in Port that, Alberni, but that it, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the um. It wasn't the place that with trip goats on the roof, but it was it yeah. was down the street from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had a bunch of of Admiral books, so I was like, oh, I've been wanting this one for a long time. This one especially because my hero murder talks about the Diane's that the diane downs case in one of the early episodes yeah so it's a really fascinating case to look at Um, it is because there's so much i'll get into the case in a second because i'm going to talk a bit about the book first as a book and then we can talk about the case because i know that's what you're all here for um it's yeah it's a super interesting case and it's just upsetting i think it's very upsetting to think of a mother hurting her children in that way because your mother is supposed to love you no matter what. So, yeah. It's it's really it's a, it's a it's something that we all have to be like, well, how did this happen? Like how could this possibly happen, right? Mhm. So, yeah, anyway, so the stranger beside me, I didn't like super love it just because it was I did feel like it was really kind of boring in some spots. But yeah. obviously, I was interested in reading more of Anne Rule's books because everyone talks about how great she is as a true crime writer. And this one is definitely, definitely better in that regard. She has such a great way of writing that it doesn't feel like it's like nonfiction. It feels like it's fiction because yeah. she lays it out like she lays out the story in a great way. She creates characters in a way, which obviously they're real people, but like she makes them real for you. And she tells you about their Mm -hmm. life and like how they came to be at this place. And I think that that's super important when you're talking about true crime, because it's really important to realize that these are real people. Yeah. I I think a lot of people when they're like consuming true crime content it's easy to forget that these are real people and this could happen to anybody and it's kind of nice to remember that like these are just regular people the same as you and me and the you know 
obviously we are obsessed with true crime because we want to know well at least for me i'm desperate to know like how could a person how could a person get to the point where she murders her own children right so that's always it for me like i always need to know like how come this person is this way and how come this person ended up committing this terrible crime so yeah she's really great and like all of the like the like detectives and the DA that are in the case like she talks about like how they as soon as they meet the children so only one of the kids dies she has three only one of them Mm -hmm. dies so the two the other two are still alive and they have to go through a lot of like recovery so Mm -hmm. when they go to the hospital to like see these kids they become like they they're like we gotta we gotta solve this case for these kids yeah and that was at the beginning when they think that it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. But then when it becomes like obvious that the story isn't matching up. And yeah. like, I don't think anybody wanted that to be the case, you know, like. It didn't take them very long either, I think, to piece that together, right? No. I seem to remember no, it was because, very quick. Yeah, because things all, like immediately don't start adding up. And then mm-hmm. once they start digging deeper, they realize that like she lies about having the same kind of gun that like yeah. shot the bullets and she like there and they end up finding a witness that says they saw her car driving down the street or driving down the road like at five miles an hour yeah and even though she said as soon as it happened she rushed the kids to the, to the hospital she said she couldn't drive fast enough to get to the hospital but yeah. there was a, a, an eyewitness that said she was driving really really slowly yeah so yeah so the, the, we'll we'll get to that i think no yeah, that's pretty much it yeah so the book is written really well and like super interesting to read not dry and um because some true crime books can be like it's too much technicality you know yeah like Obviously, they ha- she has, like, the technical stuff in here about, like, the case and the-, the evidence and how they found the evidence and why it means what it means. So there is some of that, mm-hmm. but I think she makes it easy to understand, which is nice. Yeah. Okay, so, the case. Basically, this is how all the freaking true crime stories of all time start. She, Diane Downs had a pretty shitty childhood. She was born in, like, yep. the 50s to a family that was, like, you know, middle middle class. Mm-hmm. She felt like her parents didn't really, like, love her or pay attention to her because it was the 50s and children were supposed to be seen and not heard, you know? So, then, once she hit puberty, allegedly, her... I don't know if it was ever ended up actually being proven but i think like she had mentioned it to several people that her dad started molesting her when she started hitting like puberty so that's cool great she really didn't have a chance in hell which that's not an excuse but it's an explanation yeah it's definitely not excusable for her behavior but it kind of helps us paint a picture of like potentially why it led her to like yeah, how it could have happened in the first place. Yeah. Um, so she is desperate to get out of her parents' house. So basically, as soon as she turns 18, she marries this guy named Steve Downs. And um, 
which she was like dated him all throughout high school and stuff like that. And so they get married right at 18 and he basically like they, he went to her. Yeah. I think he went to be in the military for a bit and then he comes back or something. He went away for a while. And then when he comes back, they decide to get married like super fast. So it's like within a week they're married. And okay. he's says to her like a week after they've been married, he's like, Oh, so I made a date with this other girl. And because we got married so soon and like, it was such a fast t- turnaround for the marriage. Like I can't just break this date. So I'm going to go on this date with this girl. Can you iron my pants for me? And she's like, what the fuck? And yeah, so he she he goes on this date because he's like, oh, I can't break the date even though I'm married now and doesn't come home until 3 a.m. And that just basically starts the trend of him, like, seeing other women the entire time they're married. Great. Yeah. So not only was her childhood shitty, her marriage is shitty, and she basically feels like she's never truly been loved. Like, her parents didn't love her. This guy doesn't love her. So she decides she's going to make a human being who will love her forever no matter what. And that is a horrible decision. Never do that. (laughs) That's too much to put on a child. Yep. It's just not a great idea. So she gets pregnant and, like, has a baby. Like, she loves it. She thinks that being pregnant is the best thing that's ever happened to her. She loves being pregnant. And I'm like, good for you, girl, I guess. Like... I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't see it as being fun, but sure. So she has a kid then very soon after gets pregnant again. And like all the while, like her husband is out seeing other women and their marriage is super tumultuous. I'm pretty sure there was like accusations of abuse as well. So it's just not a great situation all around. And then you're going to bring another child into it. Not great. Yes. So she, Her first baby was a good baby, like, um, slept well, ate well, like, basically was a perfect baby. She was a trap baby, as I like to say. Um, Lures you in. To think you can have another one, and then her second baby is super colicky, so she's crying all the time. She's not ever happy. She's always super fussy, and she's like, what the fuck? So I think, like... As soon as she has a second baby, she immediately does not connect with her. So this is Cheryl. Her first baby was named Christy. And Cheryl is the second baby. And, like, it kind of talks throughout the book about how she never, like, connected with her. Mm -hmm. And how she treated Cheryl the worst. And ultimately, she's the one who ends up dying. Oh. Yeah, horrible. And so, yeah. So so she has two kids. Her marriage is shit. She's, like, they, they basically break up and get back together constantly. And eventually she decides that since her husband is out having a bunch of affairs, she's going to start having affairs. And like, she has a bunch of affairs with like younger dudes and married dudes. And like, is just having like out having sex all the time, Mm -hmm. which like, okay, do, do what you want. Like, yeah, Yeah. this is a free country. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This book is set in the eighties. So there's some like, well, it's not set. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say this set. It was published in 1988. So it's like, there's some problematic yeah, stuff. And I mean, but I mean, what she's doing is problematic and it's 
she ends up being diagnosed with like narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. So she just like basically does whatever she wants all the time. Mm-hmm. And she just takes what she wants and leaves. And she it's 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 interesting because it also talks about how she won't ever shut up. Like she was always talking all the time and she was always like I don't know, like justifying stuff to other people and maybe to herself. Anyway, it just it was interesting to me that like she was always talking. Mm-hmm. Maybe because she, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm not a psychologist. I can't say, but it does talk a, a few times about how she just was always word vomiting. And like, whenever she would get into an interview with the police, she was always like over explaining stuff. And I feel like that's probably where they were catching on to because she was saying too many things and it wasn't matching up all the time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so eventually, like, she and her husband are, like, broken up, and then she's, like, having sex with this guy, she gets pregnant, Mm -hmm. and, oh, no, so she decides she doesn't want to get any, have any more kids, and then was it her husband's baby? I can't remember, because she literally has sex with so many men, which is fine, but she gets pregnant and then ends up having an abortion, Mm-hmm. But then she has like horrible guilt about this abortion, and she yeah. creates a child in her mind that this abortion, like, was a baby named Carrie. And she's like, basically, from that point on, she's like trying to make up for that. Yeah. She's trying to make up for having this abortion. So she gets pregnant from another guy, not her husband. And her husband is like, You're not keeping it. No, because I think he said that he didn't want to have any more kids because they're broke. They're also broke. Yeah. So they can't afford the two kids that they already have. And she wants to have another one. And because she wants to make up for this baby that she had aborted. And he says no. So she goes out and gets pregnant by some other guy. And he says, like, we can't keep this baby. But she's like, refuses to get an abortion. Mm hmm. So he ends up, her husband ends up, uh, they, they, she has the baby, the baby ends up being a boy, and because the baby is a boy, the husband's like, yeah, I want to keep him. Because their, their first two kids were, were two girls. (sighs) And then it's so weird, because, like, the, uh, the actual biological father is still, like, kind of in the picture, like, sometimes he watches the kids, but they're, like, not together. What?! It's so, like, this part of the book is, like, crazy because she's just, like, like, going around and having sex with a bunch of guys and, like, not paying any attention to her kids and, but, like, you wanted to have the kids because it's just completely, like, not, it makes zero sense to me. It's so chaotic. It's just Yeah, it's kind of nonsensical. Yes! And as, like, yeah. So, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, of neighbors say, like, sometimes the kids would be left on their own. So, eventually, the, the they break up for real and she gets her own house. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, at the same time as all of this, because she loves being pregnant so much, she decides she wants to sign up to be a surrogate mother. Oh, Lord. That's <sighs> and, a good idea. Yeah, and so she 
So this is, she lives in Arizona. All of this is taking place in Arizona. There's this, sur- she reads an article about a, like a surrogate parenthood service in Louisiana. So she mm-hmm. writes to these people and they're like, obviously at the time it was like a really taboo thing to do. Like it was such a, no one could like fathom like someone carrying somebody yeah. else's child and then giving it up at the end. Yeah. So, but she was like, I love being pregnant and I don't mind giving the baby away because she doesn't actually like her own children. Yep. So she had these kids in order to like have someone to love her forever, but she ends up hating being a mother. It sounds like, even though like whenever she's talking to anybody about it, she's like, I love my kids and I like want like other people to experience like motherhood that's what she says that's why she says she wants to be a surrogate but secretly it's just because she likes the attention yeah like everybody thinks that she's so selfless and this and that blah blah blah. and she just likes she just loves she just loves attention that's really what it comes down to she just wants people to love her it's like yeah narcissist to the core um yeah totally so she's like going back and forth between like Louisiana and Arizona trying to get like approved to be a surrogate mother, but she keeps failing her psychological tests. Well, yeah. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> so like eventually she goes to one that says like, I'm not really sure if she's going to be able to give up this kid, but like finally they, they approve her. Mm. So, yeah. So she does end up, like being inseminated and she gets pregnant right away and she loves it. She's having the best time and she writes all of these letters to the mother and she's like, I'm so happy for you and blah, blah, blah. Cause she never meets them. Yeah. Th- that was th- the thing. Like you're not allowed to meet. I don't think th- she even meets when they have, maybe they meet when she gives birth, but I can't remember. But anyway, she loves it. She's having the best time. And then, like, she's like, I feel so good about myself. And then she gets interviewed by, the like, some newspaper somewhere. And she's loves that because, again, she loves the attention. Yeah. So she's doing that. And then, like, she has the baby. It's all fine. She gives it up. So that's good. But she, like, um, then she, like, goes back to get inseminated and... It doesn't work. But then... Oh! Oh, this is what happens. Okay, so she goes back to get inseminated. And she had, like, a sexually transmitted disease. Okay. And... Because, c- like, the, this guy that she's seeing, he's married. And she, he she's kind of, like, obsessed with him. He, like realizes that he has something and it had to have been her because he's only sleeping with his wife and her mm-hmm. and he's like my wife definitely doesn't have anything so it has to be you but she doesn't she doesn't tell the this surrogacy agency that she had a disease she doesn't end up getting and getting pregnant that time but then they say no you can't like be a surrogate anymore so she tries to make her own surrogacy business Oh, Lord. Which doesn't end up working because she doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't have any medical degree. She doesn't have anything, any, like, law degrees or anything like that. And she has no idea how to run a business. So that basically well, That's tanks. kind of like a, a savior in some ways. Um. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. But, like, 
it's just like the whole her life is just so chaotic and meanwhile these kids are like staying home by themselves for hours at a time and yeah like all of the neighbors like knew something funky was going on because like the kids would go to their friends houses or they would go like just walk up to the neighbors and be like i'm hungry my mom doesn't feed me and like yeah like but the the problem is is that like all of these people knew that there was abuse happening but nobody said anything because it was the fucking 80s and everybody was like mind your own business basically yep which is so problematic and i'm glad that hopefully we've kind of gotten away from that because like if a child comes up to you and is like i'm hungry my mom doesn't feed me and also she hits me sometimes like someone would fucking do something about it at that point yeah (sighs) or you would like to think yeah, you would hope. So, like, all this crazy shit is happening in her life, and meanwhile, she's with this guy, and she's kind of obsessed with him, and he says that he, like, can't get away from her, basically. Like, he tries to break up with her because he doesn't really want to be with her, but she's so manipulative that he just, like, keeps going back, which, I don't know, maybe that's just him trying to cover his own track but it sounds like she she like she they said that she was like very beautiful and she is if you see pictures of her and there's some pictures in the book she's a super beautiful woman and if she is like narcissistic she's gonna do whatever she can to get what she wants right so yeah i guess she can be pretty persuasive but also i think you know that's kind of a cop-out like you have just as much like don't answer her calls like yeah. stop seeing her and i guess like they were two way street like yeah exactly yeah so he like leaves his wife like a bunch of times like his wife knew about the fair the whole time like anytime he would leave she, she was like he's not a good liar so i know exactly where he's going every time I, it, ugh, this whole story i'm just like i can't fathom this yeah like happening in real life but it's real and Mm -hmm. so he basically says i think in order to like try to get away from her he's like i i don't think we can be together because i don't want to be a father like i don't have like he didn't have any kids with his wife yeah and he's like i don't want kids so i think that's where and that's what basically they like base the case off of is that this guy saying he doesn't want kids and she was so desperate to be with him that that was her motivation for the crime that's just horrible it is horrible and again it's just this like narcissistic thing of just doing whatever you want and doesn't matter who you're hurting yeah in in, in the way war path so like he she decides she's going to move to Oregon to be closer to her parents. Cause like then she has someone to look after her freaking kids all the time when she's out doing whatever she's doing. And like this guy that she's with is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to move with you. It's going to be great. But then he just basically like stops contacting her. He's like, as soon as I was away from her, I could think for myself yeah, and see, realize clearly. that like, I don't, Like, I don't want to be with her. I want to be with my wife. 
Yeah. Um. So he basically just doesn't contact her. Like he try, she tries to contact him a bunch of times, but he's basically like, "No, I don't want to talk to you anymore." And she goes back down to Arizona to see him, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like I understand. Like you don't want to be with me, and blah blah blah, all this stuff." But then mm-hmm. somehow she gets it in her brain that if she kills her kids or she gets rid of her kids he will want to be with her and everything will be fine. Okay, so, the crime. So, she rushes to the hospital. All three kids are shot. There's blood everywhere. One of the kids is art, like is basically dead on arrival. That's Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, the youngest one, he's like three or four. He, like, is paralyzed from the chest down because of where he was shot. And Christy had like ended up having like a massive stroke and she had lost so much blood that like she had to relearn how to speak basically so she says dad says that she was like they went to go see a friend that lived like outside of town she had a farm with a horse and the kids were like playing with the horse and stuff like that and then they ended up just going for a drive because they liked to sightsee at nine nine o'clock at night when it was getting dark so she says what happened was she was driving down a road this road and and um uh, someone was standing in the middle of the road and was like flagging her down to saying stop that they needed help so she was like i'm such a kind and nice person that i pulled over (laughs) and stopped for this person in the middle of the street and he like this her story he like pulls out a gun says i want your car she says no i have kids in the back seat and then he says that he just starts shooting and after that so she she was also shot in her forearm a place where you think it probably wouldn't hurt very much to get shot so they she says she rushes to the hospital and that's when all of this started so she calls the police she says it was some guy they start look like sweeping the area for someone of course they don't find anyone they don't find a gun either nope Um, they're not going to (laughs) yeah so they start i think there was like some like they were sketched out at the beginning because of the Mm -hmm. way that like the blood spatter was and stuff like that like things were already not adding up and Mm -hmm. there wasn't gun gun gunpowder residue where there was supposed to be gunpowder residue and just things were like not really adding up and then they search her house and they find her diary where it's like basically all of these letters written to this guy that she's having an affair with and nothing i don't think there's anything super explicit in there saying like i'm gonna kill my children but like it was obvious that he didn't want kids and that was like the main reason that they weren't still seeing each other Mm -hmm. and they found some bullets in the house that were like exact matches for like the shell casings that they found in the car yeah but they could i don't i don't think they could ever prove that Because, like, when you shoot a bullet out of a gun, there's, like, certain markings that it makes. This is, like, literally what ballistics is. Yeah. So there are certain markings that makes on the bullet that you can prove that it's from a certain gun. Yeah. So they found the same bullets 
on like non shot in the house that were were using the gun that shot the kids and so that was like a big thing what what else was the, what other evidence did they find there was just a like a bunch of stuff that just it wasn't adding up for what she said happened so i think it still took them 9 months to arrest her because that's a long guy, time yeah because well and like the entire yeah the the da it talks it talks about him a lot in in the book he basically says like i want to make sure that when we arrest her and when we get her there's enough evidence to prove that she was the one who did it because if it if they if the case doesn't end up going through yeah or if she gets acquitted she can't be tried again for it no and like for the safety of her children yeah that needs to happen yeah and it wasn't even like so they didn't even take the kids out of her custody until like a few weeks after until like everyone was kind of like okay it's kind of seeming like she did it and like so many people the funny thing is her own sister was like as soon as i heard what happened i immediately thought it was her yeah which is like if your own sister thinks that of you like and same thing like with with like this guy that she's having an affair with he like as soon as he heard what happened he was like suspicious that it was her immediately and then he was like she's gonna like do something to my wife so they like moved houses and like yeah he changed his number but then actually he ended up like he started calling her again because he thought he might be able to get her to admit that she did it oh okay yeah i mean not a great idea but i I, like i guess the intentions were pure i don't know anyway so (laughs) yeah yeah so they arrest her like after nine months so they but they end up taking her children away from her she like starts railroading the police department saying that like they're blaming her and there's no evidence to like she would never do this blah 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 blah. so she maintains her innocence for the whole thing and i'm pretty sure she still maintains her evidence her her innocence she's only 67 years old so she's still alive wow and she's in prison which is it's crazy to think like it's always so crazy to me to think that like all of not all but there's so many of these people that we read about that are still like in prison yeah like i'm i'm pretty sure um like ed kemper from mindhunter is still in prison because he was so young when he was arrested that he's only like 70 years old now and he's still kicking just hanging around in prison he'll never get out i'm looking at well right I, now. I think in his case, he doesn't want to get out because he is very intelligent and he knows that, like... Yeah, he knows he's that a, he, he's a... He's a danger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's 73. He yeah. Right. Yeah. So he turned himself in, right? I think yeah. so. Anyway. It's just crazy to think sometimes that these people, like, are still around. Anyway, so they arrest her. They try her on all this evidence. She is convicted. Oh, well, I mean, also, so the other thing is, is like, like, Christy and Danny are still alive. And I thought at the beginning that Danny die, ends up dying, but he doesn't. He, he, he lives, but he's paralyzed. Aww. But Christy is the one who ends up um, testifying against her. And she, yeah. like, because 
even like they said when they when she would visit them in the hospital like they were afraid of her well i think danny yeah. was probably a bit too young to really know understand what was going on because even they said like when he was paralyzed he just would like sit there and be like why can't i stand up why can't i stand up yeah it's horrifying but like christy was older she was eight and she like would whenever her mom would come and sit in the room like like they would say she would just be terrified yeah and but even like once she slowly started talking to like the police she would be afraid to say anything and when eventually they they get her into like a child psychologist Mm -hmm. and he would say like on, she would always put her mother at the top of the list of people that she loved but yeah but she also like seemed like she was afraid of her but that's like that's t- like so fucked up because i'm sure that she would be like oh mommy loves you mommy this mommy that like do you love mommy like all that kind of stuff and then like would turn around two seconds later when she would get mad about something and scream yeah. at her because like and they it also talked a lot about how um cheryl would i think she treated cheryl probably the worst because she was the, the middle one who was really colicky yeah that's when i was talking about it at the beginning and i like it does say that they thought cheryl was be- was treated the worst mm-hmm. which like she probably was acting out because her mom wasn't paying enough attention to her and like it's all bad. Yeah. Everything's bad. It sucks. Anyway, so Christy ended up testifying against her mom because eventually she was able to get her speech back and she was able to tell them everything that happened because they ended up taking the kids away from, like, like out of her custody, which they were in hospital for such a long time. That's not like they were home with her or anything, but they would never leave, like, Diane alone with them because mm-hmm. they were already suspicious of her. Yeah. So, but then eventually they took took them out of their custody. So as soon as they got out of the hospital, they went, well, Danny was in hospital for a long time because he was paralyzed, but Christy was able to get out sooner than him. So they took her to like a house of a, like a foster family who had been fostering kids for such a long time. They specifically requested this certain family. Mm -hmm. And they were like skeptical of taking her in because they knew what had happened and they were like, we don't know if we can, like give help. her the care that she needs but like yeah like it, it said that they it took a while for her to trust them but eventually um she did and then she started going to the child's uh therapist who she started trusting him too so once she was realized that she was safe yeah that's when she was able to start talking about it so just horrible all around so diane still maintains her innocence um, she's still in prison. She's 67 years old. Apparently she's done interviews and shit like on ABC. She's tried to get parole a few times, but every time it's been denied. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Danny and Christy ended up being a- adopted by the DA that tried the case. Cause he like had such a connection with them as soon as he like met them that he, they ended up adopting them. I know. That's kind of cute. I know. But also, she ended up getting pregnant somehow. 
like right before she got arrested. So she has oh. another kid. They took they took her they took her yeah. away. Yeah, I, I think it was a daughter. They took her away, and she ended up like being on the Oprah show and stuff like that, like talking about how because apparently she tried to write to her once, and then she said later that she regretted it because she like her mother is a monster which like yeah it sounds like she is yeah yeah and it just talks about how like she would have a press conference every day and just be like in front of the cameras all the time saying like these policemen are saying i'm lying and just but uh, it's obvious that she just wanted the the fame yeah because like as soon as like because when everybody thought and there was a lot of people like in the community who was like she could never do this like they thought they were on her side as well saying like the the police were like they they thought it was appalling that the police could accuse her of killing her own children but yeah and it's such like it, ha- a, it happens like a shitty thing like there's yeah it, it happens way too frequently but it's so sad that like that's what she thought like was the best way for her to like gain love from somebody was by killing her children mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that was her whole affairs yeah that was her whole thing the whole time all she wanted was love and attention and yeah it's sad that like the reason she was like that was because of like the way she was raised but also mm-hmm. like plenty of people are raised that way and come out of it not killing their children. So I don't think you can really use that as an excuse. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So overall, a horrible, a horrible story. And Rule does a great job telling it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say, mm, ah, like four stars, maybe four and a half. Yeah. The only criticism, the only criticism I really have is that it does kind of it like it takes forever. I feel like it could have been told a bit quicker, more concise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like there's and like there is a lot of detail in this case and a lot of stuff, like a lot of background information. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of get it, and it's not that it is boring. It is all interesting, but it just takes a long time for for you to get to the yeah kind of dense get to the point yeah exactly um so yeah four and a half stars great book i highly recommend it if you like reading true crime but you probably yeah you should be in the right mind space because which apparently i am because i've been like binge watching so i (laughs) yeah i finished i finished like i'm glad my mom is dead and watched Mm -hmm. like uh, sins of our mother and then this like all at once so i don't know what's going on but i'm doing like i'm in a child abuse spiral apparently maybe i'll read something weird how we end up in those like kind of situations where like all of our like things are like very related Um, yeah and i didn't mean to it just happened yeah and to be honest i almost did i'm glad my mom is dead yeah because but I was like, oh, maybe I should try. Because I finished that a while ago. Well, yeah, I guess I started reading it for our last episode. So it was like a month ago. I finished it a while ago. But then I was like, eh, I have time. Let's read something scary. Yeah. And right it's certainly in time for Halloween. Yeah. Yay. Yay. 
Well, thank you for that. Except that was great. Not yay. Well, yeah, it's not it, yay. It's horrible. <laughs> um, yep, it's on its way to you. I'll mail it and yay. you can read it. Yay. Um, okay. There we go. Yeah, so when did we... I can't remember the last date that we had. Yeah, I don't remember either. But we've already talked about it. Our next read-along is going to be Taylor Jenkins Reid. Carrie Soto is back. So get on it if you want to have it read before we talk about it. Yep. Um. When? So that would be coming out on the 24th of November. Oh, that, that's Thanksgiving Day for all of you Americans. Yep. Something okay. you can listen to on on your way to uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, the twenty fourth of November, we're gonna do Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yay! Yay! Can't wait. It'll be a good <laughs> one, I think. Yep. Oh, I'm so excited for it. <sighs> oh my god! I felt like I just talked. I don't even know what I was talking about for that ha- for half that stuff. That was really nice. You explained it so well. That's why I, just, I wasn't like really saying anything because I was like, you're just explaining this. There's nothing that I can really add. This is a horrible situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just blathered on for that yeah. entire thing. Anyway, highly recommend the book. It's good. It's an interesting. It's fascinating and horrible and terrible and the worst, but fascinating yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, so much. What am I saying? Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Have a great rest of your life and time (laughs) between between when we see you next. I don't know what I'm fucking saying. I'm tired. Rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, yeah. To all of the regular places. Yep, and uh, if you want to talk to us, you can email us at dearbearbookclub at gmail.com and um, our Instagram is at dearbearbookclub. Right? Yay, we got there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Bye. Bye.